That's how you invite them. <laughs> you can, might pick them up and put them in your pocket and drag them to church. <clears throat> you might beg them and get between them and a the Danish. <laughs> but the bottom line is 80% of the people who attend church will come at the invitation of a friend. So will you be friend enough to invite? And I wanted you to see that video because as we finish our series this morning on frequency, we've been talking about hearing from God. Are you listening? Are you hearing? Communication is critical. Amen? If you're in a married relationship, communication is important. If you have children, communication is important. If you have a job, communication is important. If you are a stay-at-home mom raising children, communication is important. If you are going out to dinner and you're going to order something from the menu, communication is vital. If you are ready to pay a bill and you don't agree with the amount of the bill that you're being charged, communication will help you understand that you are wrong and you will pay that amount that's on that bill. But nevertheless, communication, communication Communication, so critical in our everyday life. Would you say amen? So, with that in mind, we need to make sure that we're hearing and communicating in the right way with God. And this morning, as we've read earlier in Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, to me those are key verses in how we can establish our knowledge and understanding of God. Because without that key... In those verses, we won't be able to do the spiritual communication that we need. Okay? I'm going to talk about that in just a little bit. But uh, oftentimes we don't hear from God because we just don't know how God works. Now, we assume we know, but we really don't know how He works. You remember when you first got married, those of you that are married, you remember when you first got married, how you knew, man... We're on such a great communication wavelength. I mean, boy, we're just tuned in. I'm thinking what he's thinking. She's thinking what what I'm thinking. This is going to be great. And then as time goes on, we find out that they don't always think the way you think. In fact, they were afraid to tell you they didn't like what you were thinking because they didn't want to hurt your feelings. But then they get comfortable with you and they start to tell you how they really feel about you. Or about an item that you're bringing up. And you find out we're so far apart we have no idea what we're doing. But then you work at it and you begin to love each other and you care about each other. And you don't really, it's not so much about what I think, but it's about what we think. See, there's what God wants. God wants us to get to a point where we're not as concerned about what I want but what he wants, and exactly what he wants is what, I, is what I want and what I need. And so it's what we want, you see. And so that's the key. That's the, the, the direction that we're going. And so in your outline, I want you to follow along with me because we're going we're gonna to finish up our frequency uh, messages uh, as we lead into Easter starting next Sunday. But God desires to speak to us. But we've got to understand. And I need to give you three foundational truths that will help us understand the will of God. Because that is probably the one question that most believers uh, ask as they're growing in their walk with God. Is what is God's will for my life? Have you ever asked that yourself? 
What is God's will for my life? And sometimes we get an answer and sometimes we don't. And sometimes that answer is just a lifelong process. But one thing I know for sure is that God's will for you and for me is to do and to be where we are at this moment. That's God's will. And we're going to look at some foundational truths. Number one, God has a providential will. God has a providential will. There's stuff that God simply does because he's God. He's God. Okay? There's times when things happen. We don't have any idea why it happened. We don't know how to stop it from happening. But God takes care of it. I'm hearing people say that the earth doesn't spin on its axis. I couldn't believe I'm hearing that. I'm hearing people say all the time how, in fact, the latest one is that women are going to have to resort to prostitution to survive because of global warming. I'm, I'm going, wow. How far do we have to stretch the myth when the polar caps are thicker and bigger than they've ever been? I don't get it. I don't get it. But you see, some things God just does because God is who God is. And so it's part of His providential will. Galatians 4.4, for instance, in your outline there. But when when the right time came, God did what? Sent his son, born of a woman, subject to the law. You see, you and I have our own timetable, and we think that God should fit into our timetable. God has his own timetable. And the better we respond to him in allowing that timetable to play out in our lives, the better it is for us. So we may have decided, hey, we want Jesus to come at this time. No. God at the right time, it says. At the right time, sinning. Okay? Simple statement, huge implications. Jewish people throughout history prayed for God to send the Messiah. Today, if you go to Jerusalem and you take a Holy Land tour, the guides who are Jewish will tell you they're still looking for the Messiah. Our guide took us by the Eastern Gate all three days we were in Jerusalem, took us by the Eastern Gate every morning, and here's what she said. We just want to see if maybe the Messiah came last night. The Eastern Gate's walled up. Because he's already come through that gate. In fact, this day is Palm Sunday. This is the day that he came through the gate. They laid the palm leaves out and praised him as the king. Only a week later to kill him. Kill him. But the Jews are still looking for the Messiah that's already come, you see. And it's a prayer that many Jews pray every day. Is today the Messiah is coming? Is today the day the Messiah will come? See, God already decided in His right time to send Him. That was His providential will. Number two, second foundational truth is God has a moral will. God's moral will is that all stuff that the Bible speaks about is true. And what He means in the Bible, He means in the Bible. You don't even have to pray about stuff because God has already shared His thoughts and what He expects of us to do in certain things in our life. If you're thinking, should I pay my taxes this year? (laughs) Rapidly coming up on that, amen? Isn't it the greatest time of year? Isn't it the greatest time of year? 
when all of you and all of us can collectively together share our shared contributions with almighty Washington, D.C., that we can give millions and billions of dollars of hard-earned money to the governing authorities. Well, see, Jesus already took care of that because he says in Matthew 22, render unto Caesar the things that are Caesar's and to God the things that are God's. Well, we're going to pay taxes. What do they say is truth? Death and taxes? (laughs) It's true. You're going to die and you're going to pay taxes. Okay? Well, what about sex before marriage? I mean, we live in a time when you say, free wheeling, get after it. Well, in Hebrews 13, he says, Give honor to marriage and remain faithful to one another in marriage. God will surely judge people who are immoral and those who commit adultery. Hmm. 1 Thessalonians 4, God's will is for you to be holy, so stay away from all sexual sin. But let's be honest. What happens at times is that we know what God has already said directly, especially about this. But yet, we will begin to rationalize by saying things, something like, well, God, I know, I know what you said, but, you know, with, with the, the way things are today, the way our culture is, I, I know that you really will allow me a little leniency. A little leeway. I don't think so. What God said, God meant. Whenever your dad, you know, your mom would say stuff to you, and you'd kind of blow it off until she would say what? Wait till your father. He's not your dad then. Have you noticed that? Wait till your father gets home. Because dads are kind of fun-loving guys. Father brings an element of death with it. Do you know what I'm saying? Wait till your father gets home. And I know in my case, and I don't know about your case, but whenever my dad would walk in the door, the first thing he would do is be greeted by my mother. And she would get real close to him. Now, I didn't understand what all that meant until I became one. And when the wife comes to you at the door and gets really close to you, it's not because she really loves you and wants to snuggle with you for just a brief moment. She's got to get you up to snuff here. So she's whispering into my dad's ear about how worthless I have been. And then that look of death comes, doesn't it? You know, your dad's coming in, he's kind of smiling, and all of a sudden the smile turns to hatred, to anger. To wrath from Almighty God. And your life is in jeopardy at that point, And you know it. And you know it. Because you see, God already said how it's going to be. So we need to listen to what God said. He said in Psalm 119, Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. If we spend time in God's word, most of our questions get answered. But what about when I have two job offers or the stuff the Bible doesn't speak about directly? How can I know what God wants? Which takes me to the third foundational truth. And that is, God has a personal will. 
there are areas where we're praying that God will lead us, where we run into trouble is that we run into this number three without considering the first two. The more familiar you become with God's providential will, understanding understanding how God works, and the more obedient you become to God's moral will, what God has already said, then it's easier to know God's personal will. Here's how it works. Let's say you need money. And so you begin to pray for $10,000. With no understanding of God's providential will, you won't know God doesn't make it a habit of raining dollars on somebody who sits on the couch. Second, because you aren't aware of God's principles regarding money, namely, if you can work and won't, you shouldn't eat, you should, and you should honor God with your money, you can pray until you are blue in the face, and it will not start raining $20 bills. It just won't happen. But on the other hand, you're going through a tough time, but you're doing your part. Well, you'll know providentially that God is faithful to His people, and you'll know through His moral will that God will provide because it's His nature to provide. And then when all three work together, it gives us the backdrop of understanding God's will. Because the issue isn't if God wants to speak to us, it's if we're truly tuning in to what he's saying. Remember years ago, didn't have cell phones, so we'd use walkie-talkies. When we would go on youth trips, we would get walkie-talkies in between two vans so we could communicate with each other. Went to Six Flags one time, and so we had the walkie-talkies. Hey, listen, if we get separated, just go to, go to frequency 12.3, and we'll, we'll, we'll be able to communicate with each other. So, you know, hey, okay, sounds great. So we get down to Six Flags, and we're walking around, and we're walking around, and sure enough, kid has a problem. So we're trying to get hold of everybody so we can get them all together so we can take care of the problem. And so, hey, 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 no answer. Hey, hey, no answer. What's going on? I mean, I mean, 30 minutes, 40 minutes, 45 minutes. We can't get anybody on the other side. We're going, what is going on? And then somebody said, what frequency are you on? I look down, it's, it's 12.13. And he goes, dummy, he said 12.3. I turned to 12.3 and I hear on the other side, hey, where are you guys at? <laughs> because you see, we were trying to communicate, but we weren't tuned in. See, God is trying to talk to us. And we're trying to receive. And sometimes we're trying to talk back. But we're just not tuned in. We're just not tuned in. Which takes us to our verses. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord. And this is where I'm going to spend the rest of our time. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge Him, and He shall direct you. Your pass. Now I want to break that down. Because I think there's three ways from these two verses that you and I can grasp and get hold of God's will for our life. That we can tune in better. Number one, let God into the picture. You've got to let God into the picture. Look at the verse. Trust in the who? Lord. Trust in the Lord, not your own understanding. doesn't mean that we shouldn't check our brains at the door. 
It means that we aren't alone and we shouldn't operate as though we are. Leaning and understanding. In the Hebrew, the idea is propping yourself up without anyone's help. So we shouldn't lean on our own understanding. Now our trainer, as you know, Jenny and I work out at Oklahoma Fit. <laughs> well, I guess that's what you call what we do is working out. No, that's what I do is working out. She works out. We, we, we go, I know, but am I really working out is what I'm saying. <laughs> you know. But we're there. And we, we, we so look forward to Thursday. We both look at each other and say, hallelujah, it's Thursday. Which means we've done the four days of workout. But on Mondays, it's, it's that look of, oh, help me, Jesus. Well, Josh was gone for two weeks with Anchor being born and being jaundiced and all that. Josh was gone. Hey, we worked out every day that he was gone. We did our, we did our workouts. But when he showed back up Monday, it was as though we had never worked out before. He had workouts on that board that I looked at at everyone in the room and just went, has he lost his mind? You know why he did that? Because he knew we were slacking. In fact, we had one gal change the whole workout one day that he had put up on the board. She changed the whole workout. I thought it was great. Because it was, we went to Hugo's and had breakfast. It was awesome! Not quite. That was my suggestion that they didn't take. But you see, if I'm going to lean on my own understanding, I'm in trouble. So I've got to learn to lean on God. Trust, it says. Trust in God. The message says it this way in verse 5. Trust God from the bottom of your heart. Don't try to figure out everything on your own. Because you won't. Now we... We welcome into the world on the 19th of March our fifth grandchild. That's awesome. Four came in. No problem. They didn't have any issues. They didn't have any breathing issues. They didn't have any jaundice issues. But number five looked perfect. But about 40 minutes after he got here, his whole body went purple. I'm looking at that going, he's not a smurf, is he? That don't look right. And the nurse didn't think it looked right. And they started moving fast. And praise the Lord, he's okay today. And they said, you know what? It takes about 48 hours to, for the more lungs sometimes to, fi- to figure it out. But man, we're sitting there. I'm sitting there going, because you see, I'm in uncharted territory. Except... God had it all under control. Brother Rodney posted a verse. Thank you, brother, for doing that. He said, God's, God's going to breathe on you. God can breathe for you. That helped me relax. Because you see, God's Word is truth. And I'm grateful that our little son, grandson turned out okay. I'm grateful. And he'll be loud and He'll be a Phillips and all that. Mark said, Daddy, he's pooping already. I said, there's a Phillips in him right there. Boy, <laughs> praise God. 
But part of allowing God to lead us is coming to a conclusion that we don't have all the answers. And I was, I mean, I'm a preacher of 38 years and I'm sitting there in a hospital and I'm going, what is going on? Trust in the Lord. Lean not on your own understanding. You see, all you got to do is walk through a cancer ward of a children's hospital to realize how blessed we all are. Amen? All you got to do is just look up at the person next to you and realize that maybe they've got some issues in their life stronger and more devastating than you. Trust in the Lord. Trust in the Lord. Which takes us to the second point of understanding the will of God in my life. And that's learn how God works. Look, look back in our passages. In all your ways, do what? Acknowledge Him. The Hebrew word for acknowledge is yada. Isn't that great? Jerry Seinfeld, yada, yada, yada. <laughs> because sometimes we say, God is there, yada, 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 yada. Yeah. But acknowledging Him, it's about being focused on Him. And one of the things that God impressed on me is how, how much I dislike Satan. Walking through that with my grandson and my son and my daughter-in-law and my wife, it's harder on grandmas to watch their little guys struggle. And she wasn't, I didn't think she was as nearly as concerned for Brian as she was her baby Mark. Because see, Mark's going to always be her baby boy. Yep. And she said, he doesn't sound right. I said, well, how's he supposed to sound? She said, well, he's not sounding right. See, that's a mama. I thought he sounded fine. If he'd shaved that beard, he'd sound a lot better. <laughs> Someday, I'm going to pull a Delilah on him and it'll be gone. <laughs> the word yada in the Old Testament is used 900 times. That's a lot of times. Often it's used to know God. Just the word know. Know God in all your ways. Know God. <coughs> so how do I know God in all my ways? Remember, remember when you were a kid? Somebody asked you to do something, you'd say no. And you, you knew you needed to say no. Why? Because you knew your parents wouldn't approve. I saw a video, news, news uh, report. On the spring break in Panama City, Florida, <laughs> the, a little girl was asked, do your parents know what you're doing here? And she turned around and said something really smart and profane about her parents. Wow. That's the culture we live in, isn't it? time for somebody to hug that girl and pray for her with your hands around her neck while you're squeezing. No, I'm teasing. But you knew. You knew that your parents would not approve, so you would say no. You already knew. There's no reason to go ask them. There's no reason to get involved in it because you're going to be in trouble if you did it. So you just said no. That's the same way it should be with God. If, if somebody entices us to do something we know we shouldn't do and God would approve of, just, just don't do it. Just don't do it. Amen? Just don't do it. Just don't do it. Romans 12, 1 and 2. 
You want to know God's will? Here it is. I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. It's your spiritual act of worship. Don't conform any longer to the pattern of the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, His good, pleasing, and perfect will. You do that by submission. You do that by giving yourself to Him. One of the problems of a living sacrifice is it crawls off the altar. But we still should give our bodies as living sacrifice to God. Let Him have us. And it says be transformed. There ought to be obvious change in us. People should notice it and see it. Paul says that when we submit ourselves to God, that we, we need to get in line with what we already know God wants us to do, and then God's will becomes clearer to us. That's why in our passage in Proverbs 3 it says, In all your ways. Not just in a few of them, but in all of your ways, acknowledge Him. Say, Do what God has already said. And it's going to make your life better, and it will be easier to hear Him when He speaks. Which takes us to the last way that we can know the will of God for each of us. And that is to believe God and believe that God wants you to succeed. Because at the very end of those verses it says, And He shall direct your paths. God will make the way you're to go obvious and clear if you're truly tuned in. If you're truly tuned in, God will make it clear what you should do. Hebrews 11.6 And it's impossible to please God without faith. Anyone who wants to come to Him, just, uh, him must believe that God exists and that He rewards those who sincerely seek Him. You may not know this, but God's desire is to speak to you and to direct your path. He wants to speak into your life. Let Him. Let Him. Acknowledge Him in every area of your life. Trust in Him. Don't lean on your own understanding. Trust in Him. He's not going to leave you in the dark. He wants us. He wants to lead us. So quit tripping Him up. Quit tripping Him up. But, in order for Him to do that, we have to decide in advance that we're going to obey God and then our paths become clear. Because God isn't going to make the path clear for us if we decide to do it on our own. It's kind of like parents sometimes. You just kind of let them rock into the wall. And then they go, hmm. Sometimes teenagers will. You know they're fixing to make a wrong decision. So I, if I can catch them ahead of time, I'll say, hey, do me a favor. You see that wall over there? If you'll run at breakneck speed, just run straight into that wall and knock yourself completely out. You won't do the stupid thing that you're thinking about. Of course, that would be pretty stupid to run into the wall, right? But about as productive as what they were fixing to decide to do. Don't you know that God says, Harold, just go ahead and run into that wall. And what do I do? Run right into it. Then I wake up and I wonder, hmm, I maybe should have made a different decision. God does not reveal His will for our consideration, our contemplation, or just to give us information. He leads us and reveals His will for our 
participation. Jeremiah 29, verses you know and heard. But so true. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope in a future. Then you will call upon me and come and pray to me, and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. With all your heart. Do you know who has the, the easiest time knowing God's will? I think it's broken people. People who are at their last wit's end. At the, at the end of the rope is there. And they simply say, God, I've been messing up here. I need you to lead me. I need you to respond. And then good things happen. Because see, when we think we're large and in charge, oh my, oh my. You ever been around somebody who thinks that they're really important? They think everybody in the world knows how important they really are. They may even be so stupid as to say something, well, do you know who I am? No, I really don't. I think what my better response should be, yeah, I sure do. You're a sinner in need of the grace of God. That's who you are. Boy, that chapter hide, wouldn't it? So how can I practically tune into God's voice? Well, every week on the connection card, we encourage you to take next steps. One of the best ones is to memorize Scripture. Well, if you'll just be in the Word and memorizing Scripture every week, if you'll do the if you'll do the verses I put on the connection card every week, you're going to get at least 52 verses a year. Hey, that's 52 more than you had. If you don't do anything but read those verses, that's 52 more than you probably read. Start somewhere. Then they usually give you some other challenges to do. Maybe you've never been baptized. Now, baptism by itself doesn't do anything for you. Let me get that straight up front. Baptism alone doesn't do anything for you. You can run into the water, come out of the water, and there's no difference in you. Because if your heart is not convicted, your heart is not ready to turn from the way you were going to a new way that God is calling you to, then what is the water going to do? I mean, really, let's be honest. But what baptism does is say, you're drawing a line in the sand that says, I'm not going to go back the other way. I'm going to step over the line. I'm going to keep going for God. That's what it says. And it's a, I mean, there's a lot to it, but, but I'd love to sit down and talk with you more. Open your Bible, not my Bible, your Bible. And let's learn from that Bible why that's important. Some have been going to this church for a long time and you, you've never placed membership here. And you might say, why do I need to place membership here? Well, it gives you a place to identify. When your friends say, where do you go to church? Then you can tell them. You can tell them. Plus, you've got gifts and you've got talents and you've got time. Well, give it here. You don't give it down the street. Give it here. Amen? We'd love to have you right here. Still plenty to do. Still plenty to do. God wants to speak into your life. He wants to give you hope. He has plans for you. But He can't give you any of that unless you're willing to surrender to Him and let Him give it to you. 
So the question of the hour is, are you hearing from him? If you're not, if you're not, that could all change instantly. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for this morning. I thank you for these that are here. I thank you for all the blessings you give us. Uh, Father, so many blessings you give us that we can't even measure. Father, I ask you that of those in this room this morning, there has to be at least one who needs to deepen their relationship with you. I would think that there's at least one who's drifted. There might be just one who just simply needs you to become very real in their life. And Father, I don't know who they are, and I don't know in what way they've drifted. I don't know in what what way they totally need you, but I know they do. So God, I'm asking you, asking you to wrestle with their heart. I'm asking you to touch them, stir them, prod them to respond to you. You're speaking all the time. Are we tuned in to hear? Are we on some other frequency where we can't hear? When we deepen that relationship, when we desire to hear from you, when we acknowledge all of our ways to you, when we trust in you, you'll direct our paths. So if somebody needs that today, God, would you move in them in Jesus' name? Amen. Always offer an invitation. If you have a decision to make with you today as we stand.